0: everyone, welcome to The Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting-edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Pamela Russo. In this week's episode, I speak with Mariano Conti, Mariano is currently an angel investor in the Ethereum and DeFi space and was formerly head of smart contracts at MakerDAO. Mariano knows the value of having permissionless and uncensorable currencies firsthand. He started earning Bitcoin in 2014 in Argentina because pesos would instantly lose value and it was hard to get his hands on dollars. When he learned about Ethereum, he went all in and started working at MakerDAO before DeFi was even a thing in 2016. When Dai was created, he was one of the first to take out a collateralized loan against his ETH and use that loan to buy a car. It must have been the first DeFi loan used to buy an actual physical object. The crypto space has come a long way since, with an entire financial system being built out of money Legos. And this week, with a huge milestone of El Salvador becoming the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Mariano talks about this historical moment and why it's significant that it was a Latin American country to take this step. But he's also cautious about what's next, saying that he doesn't expect many countries to follow suit, as El Salvador had some very specific characteristics which made it easier for it to adopt Bitcoin that other countries don't have, namely the fact that it was already dollarized. Still, to Mariano, that doesn't really matter, as it will be the people of Latin America and elsewhere who will adopt crypto regardless of what governments say. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. Kyber's Dynamic Market Maker, or DMM, is the first decentralized exchange designed to react to market conditions, to optimize fees, maximize returns, and provide extremely high capital efficiency for liquidity providers. It aims to be a game changer for DeFi. Depositing tokens to earn fees is also fast and simple, with this liquidity easily accessible by dApps, aggregators, or other users. Visit dmm.exchange now. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new BAL for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of BAL tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant or type Kraken in the app store to learn more. Enzyme provides an easy way to build, scale and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Enzyme is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pool together on strategies lowering costs. The Enzyme interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.finance. Experience DeFi, deposit, earn, and borrow on Ave. Aave is a decentralized, open-source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real-time directly in your wallet, and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Ave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Interested in DAOs? Wondering how to DAO? Colony aims to be the biggest, baddest DAO framework out there. And it's easy. Spin up a DAO in three minutes for half a penny. Issue a token. Raise money, govern your treasury, and so much more. Zero coding required. Already got a token? Great. Colony will give it superpowers in seconds. DAOs are all about voting, right? Wrong. Colony is about getting things done, and voting on every little thing ain't that. So in Colony, votes are only necessary if there's a disagreement. Head to Colony.io and follow at Join Colony on Twitter to learn more. Want to dial right now? Hit up clny.io bounty to join their bounty program and earn their forthcoming token CLNY. Uh, okay, uh, here we are with Mariano Conti. Mariano, thank you so much for joining me in the Defiant podcast. Uh, like I've told you, this has been long overdue, so it's it's great to have you here.
1: Thank you, Cami. Uh, <laughs> it's truly great to be here.
0: Yay. Uh, Okay, so uh, for those who don't know him, uh, Mariano Conti is the former head of smart contracts at MakerDAO. He has been very active uh, in Ethereum and DeFi uh, for the past, what, since like 2017 um, around?
1: 2016,
0: actually, 2016 um, and is now also very, still very active in the space um, as an investor in different Ethereum and, and DeFi projects, including the Defiant, I, I might add, <laughs> disclosure here. Um, but uh, Mariano has a great story on uh, how he, he got into crypto. So if we can start uh, with that, like what was your kind of pre-crypto uh, background and what got you into the space?
1: Um, yeah, of course. So I uh, studied engineering, um, been a developer most of my life, very interested in um, you know, computers technology. Um, I was born in Argentina, but I uh, used to live in Mexico city and I came back to Argentina around 2011, uh, right about the time when um, n- capital controls were uh, coming back uh, to the country. And you know, it started a slow period of uh, economic decline. Uh, it was already happening, but uh, it kind of acerbated. And I was working for a digital agency in 2014, and um, I was getting—I was supposed to be getting paid part of my salary in dollars, and we couldn't find a good way to do it uh, because my boss he asked me to fly to Miami, get a bank account in in, in USD. That was extremely common. Um, I I wouldn't do it. Uh, I didn't have the time, and because um, uh, okay, the government we had uh, one uh, exchange rate in USD, the the official one, and then we had a parallel one that uh, you know an an informal exchange rate. Um, and of course, the government would want to um, take your dollars and exchange it at a very bad exchange rate. So a uh, black market of sorts uh, was created. And so I had no good way of uh, doing that, of you know, protecting my savings. And my boss said, how about I pay you in Bitcoin? And down the rabbit uh, hole I went. I investigated, I said, uh, okay, sure, pay me in Bitcoin. And that was 2014, so that, that was my first uh, foray into crypto. And of course, we discovered Ethereum in 2015 and went all in. We, we figured that was the next, you know, we were using Bitcoin as what it does best, right? The uh, stores of value, but nothing else. And when we found Ethereum and we said, oh, oh programmable money, the possibilities are endless. Uh, so we slowly tried to join the the community, the ecosystem, and we found Maker in 2016. And I was lucky, you know, to uh, start there as a developer back when there was no no DeFi, no no anything. It was just a few teams building and figuring out what could happen. And when I joined Maker, we were like 10, 12 people. And it would be a year before releasing, you know, uh, single collateral die, and to me, uh, marking the, the beginnings of uh, decentralized finance. Right. So that's like in a nutshell, <laughs> uh, my uh, my journey through through DeFi. I, I stayed at Maker for four years, uh, you know, up until um, like August twenty twenty. I helped with the oracles, helped with single multi collateral die. Um, you know, it was probably the best period of my life. And after four years, I said, let's try something different. And I just became a, an angel investor in the ecosystem. Uh, I help out projects when I can, and I'm just a, a fan of Ethereum and DeFi and, and this community, and just try to stay active and around everybody.
0: Um, so, so great. So let me go back to a few points you made. The first, uh, so you started earning in, in Bitcoin around 2014. Um, and I think, you know, there are many people listening who who might not have all all the context of, you know, what was happening in Argentina and what is still happening in Argentina that, um, made it attractive to you to, to be uh, paid in, in Bitcoin. So what's uh, the situation there for like, normal uh, Argentines and, and also like people in, in other Latin American countries like, like Venezuela that, that makes Bitcoin attractive?
1: Yeah. Um, the first one, of course, is inflation. Uh, we have, and I'm going to describe what's happening today, which is still very similar to what was happening on uh, in 2014, but I don't remember the exact numbers in 2014. Um, so right now in Argentina, we have around 50% inflation um the government says that the peso you can uh buy 1 with 100 pesos but that's a made up number that's a made up exchange rate the the actual number is closer to 160 so um you know it's um this is of course due to uh, you know forced capital controls and and things like that i cannot Legally, buy more than two hundred dollars a month for savings. Uh, anything other than that, and I have to go through different tricks and and market uh, things. And one of the things that I can do is uh, buy Dai or or USDC or LUSD to protect my savings. And and that is what. So many uh, people in countries like Argentina do they just want to protect their savings against uh, you know a depreciating currency and uh, what they do is try to acquire dollars. that is uh, yeah mostly the 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 easiest way that somebody can can protect their their savings. so they buy dollars and the government does the opposite. they try to prevent a uh, normal citizen from... Uh, Buying dollars because they want to have a strong, uh, I mean, strong ish as they can, uh, local currency. So it is uh, always a talk of war, right? The government prevents the users from, uh, you know, the people from purchasing dollars and the people find ways to do it. So um, Bitcoin was the perfect way, uh, even because, um, even if it was, you know, volatile and it still is. it, it gave you a way to, you know, denominate your savings in something else. And the transparency, the ease of, uh, you know, relatively speaking, uh, the ease of transferring to somebody anywhere in the world, that uh, became attractive to uh, at least talking as an Argentinian to a country and people at first very technologically minded that have always been looking for, uh, you know, alternatives. So that's why, um, you know, there was a, a big Bitcoin community early on, a big Ethereum community, a big DeFi community in Argentina is because uh, what we're always trying to do is is that, is, uh, you know, protect our, our life's work and uh, our investments and our, our savings accounts.
0: Um. So, to well i again like to people who, who maybe don't know my own uh, mm-hmm. story i lived in argentina as well in, in this same time when when you were like first earning bitcoin um between yep. 2012 and uh, 2015 2016 um and to me it was crazy how kind of ingrained in society the 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 dollar concept was um mm-hmm. and kind of this parallel exchange rate, like there was the official exchange rate, but everyone knew that was just like a made up number because you couldn't actually buy dollars at that exchange rate. Uh, You had to have, go to the black market and go to a much higher exchange rate. Um, And it it was just like such a normal part of Argentine culture, the the black market, which is actually the blue market, it's called dollar blue. Um, And like taxi drivers, like everyone, everyone you talked to knew the exact exchange rate for the dollar at any given day. Like it, yeah. it, it, it's like that kind of part, like a prevalent uh, part of life. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if, um, that that's been the case with crypto like I I know back then when when I was there in 2013 um, Bitcoin wasn't so well known like it it was kind of part of this like niche group of people uh, but it wasn't like taxi drivers were talking about Bitcoin Um, Mm -hmm. is that different now like is it is it more has it gained just like more more adoption
1: so um, it has uh, not as much as I uh, would have liked either. what uh, what actually has captivated you know, a lot of people's uh, minds and, and airwaves are stable points. Yeah. That we do see uh, a lot in, uh, you know, in the papers, on TV, uh, even in, uh, you know, uh, around the city, um, plastered in... Uh, in, in walls everywhere really? you know uh, exchanges I've, I've seen yeah i don't go out a lot but uh, <laughs> uh i've seen uh, i've seen a lot of uh you know stuff for for uh Repio and others that uh, they specifically talk about uh stable coins because why uh because they're coins pegged to the us dollar and it's just like i said it's another way for uh, us to acquire dollars, and just like you said, that uh, taxi drivers they would they would know exactly the exchange rate and, and things like that. Now a lot of people um, are using stable coins for the exact same purpose. Since mm. um, you know you come into some money, you want to exchange it for dollars uh, because you know that uh, holding pesos, you know, you're already losing uh, money every day. If you go to a bank, you can only legally get uh, nine uh, two hundred dollars at uh, the somewhat official uh, exchange rate. Uh, but other than that, you're left uh, to acquire them in the blue market. And people have been using stablecoins more and more. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Maker did big big push to uh, make its way to uh, Latin America, especially Argentina, and. Uh, it's not my favorite but uh, a lot of people use uh, usdT especially on on other um, cheaper blockchains right uh, mm-hmm. than ethereum which may not be as decentralized but uh, you know I can't expect somebody here to pay fees of uh, whatever 510 and a couple of months ago hundred dollars mm. um, so yeah people have found stable coins and they use them and they save in them. And now slowly they're also earning yield in them.
0: Interesting. I definitely want to touch on this point, um, yep. uh, given given the big news today with El, El Salvador uh, and Bitcoin, but I also want to go back to something from, from your story. Um, yep. So you were earning bitcoins, then uh, you discovered Ethereum, uh, went all in on Ethereum. So that, that means that you asked to, get, to be paid in ETH rather than Bitcoin. Uh,
1: I was still getting paid in Bitcoin, if I remember correctly, but I was uh, I I was exchanging almost everything for for Ether.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you started um, working for MakerDAO. Um, I, I, I want to hear your story, uh, but I haven't, in, I included in my book, uh, that, uh, so, so Mariana was one of the first, if not the first person to actually take a collateralized loan on maker, uh, and, and buy something with, with the, with the, uh, with a stable and with Dai Um, and that's basically, you know, co- this uh, concept of collateralized loans and, um, and and borrowing is the the foundation of how DeFi is is built today. So I think that this is just like such an interesting uh, piece. So if if you can if you can tell it.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, So when I joined Maker, uh, we were everybody was was being paid in uh, in Ether and, you know, in MKR while we were you know, working on on single collateral die, this uh, this stable coin that uh, very quickly what it did was um, you would lock in to a smart uh, contract a certain amount of ether, and you could borrow uh, some stable coin denominated in in USD uh, that we called Psi against it. So very uh, analogous to a to a mortgage, you would. Uh, lock in something of value, which was ether, borrow Psy, uh, and then you would repay it at a later date along with the little bit of interest. And this was all done via smart contracts and you know uh, an oracle, and it worked great. We um, we launched it, I think it was November 2017, and immediately everybody at Maker uh, we started getting paid inside. Because uh, even a previous version, uh, uh, an alpha version, uh, we were already getting getting paid in that. But you know there wasn't a a, a big market for it yet, right? The market had to be created. And uh, but still, around February twenty eighteen, uh, which was some three months after, I decided to buy a car. And of course, I wasn't very liquid, and I didn't want to sell my ether because that's what i believe in so um, i did i locked up some ether um, in in single collateral die i uh, minted uh that uh, amount of die and uh what did i do it was a very different thing back then there was uh, i believe i had to trade the die for ether uh on chain there was no uniswap yet so maybe Ether Delta somewhere. Uh, Then I had to exchange the Ether for Bitcoin and then the Bitcoin for pesos because there wasn't a big market uh, in Argentina yet for Ether. So I might have gone through Changely or Shapeshift or uh, one of those services. But long story short, I managed to get some pesos, (laughs) uh, physical pesos and I used them to purchase a car and and yeah, that was, uh, to my knowledge, one of the first uh, use cases, you know, in the real world. Uh, I know it wasn't. I didn't go to a dealership and say, "Hey, here's here's some some die right." Uh, wasn't quite like that, but um, the end result was the same. I had my car, and then um, you know, with my uh, salary, I repaid the loan over uh, over a few months, and I took back my. Uh, my ether collateral and and that was it that that became a a famous story within DeFi and you know I'm extremely proud proud of it because now it's it's very common to do but uh, back then it was still it was still quite novel
0: um it's an amazing story and and you know so early on even before we had DeFi like people didn't you know the, the word didn't exist, uh, when, when you did that, so th- that's that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: you're right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no unisoft. Wow, um, <clears throat> so I, I want to link that to um, what, what happened to today in El Salvador. El, El, El Salvador approved uh, Bitcoin as a uh, legal tender, uh, so. It's it's a huge deal, right? Like um, El Salvador was using dollars as as its currency, um, and now it's it, and and the 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 bill itself is really interesting to read. So the president said, um, we we've been using dollars, but so far uh, we have seventy percent of our population that doesn't have access to financial services. So uh, we we need a currency that's digital, that's more accessible, um, and that's why they he proposed to make Bitcoin the, the legal tender of the country. Um, this this is huge. This was you know just approved today. Uh, so as uh, someone living in, in, in Latin America who, you know, your story with, uh, earning in Bitcoin and then ETH and, um, uh, dealing with all, all the issues in, in the region. I'd love to hear, uh, your thoughts on, on this development, like how, how important is it? And, uh, what do you see, um, happening like wh- what are what are like some of the um the the, the consequences that, that you think el salvador will, will see as a as a country
1: yeah uh i was i was there yesterday uh you know along with probably half of crypto twitter uh listening to the to the twitter spaces first with you know the the president's brother of el salvador and then the president uh, they were talking about the bill, as the bill was being voted on. So, uh, yeah, first off, it is a, a quite a very big deal, right? Um, Bitcoin started but 2009, 2010, and uh, 11, 12 years later, we uh, you already have a sovereign state uh, making. Uh, law about it saying it's legal tender. It is huge. Um, it is huge. Uh, I think it legitimizes uh, some of the, the things that we do uh, you know in, in crypto every day. Um, I don't know if Bitcoin I, you know, when I discovered Ethereum, I mostly left Bitcoin be- behind but because as an engineer just find ethereum more interesting. Uh, there's more to do. Bitcoin has that, uh, you know, what people say is uh, the the soundest, uh, you know, economic proposal. There's only going to be 21 million. Uh, we don't change things as much as Ethereum's do. So, so they have that uh, Bitcoin is money thing, uh, store of value. Uh, to me, I think it's going to be difficult actually using it as as you know as legal tender as a medium of exchange just because we've all tried to use it and and it is it is not simple to use right it's uh, ether as well it's it's complicated to use as a as a medium of exchange it's a token that uh, it's a currency that fluctuates a lot in value i was very lucky you know that yeah i started in 2014 and my time horizon was in the years, so I, I got to see uh, the currency go up a lot. But I know uh, I know a lot of people who went through my exact same story. Only they began uh, earning in Bitcoin in 2018, so they caught the highest price, and then uh, they saw a crash of what uh, 80, 90 percent. Um. So to me, I think we need to realize what. Uh, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are good for. And just from experience as an Argentinian, I think El Salvador would be a lot, it would do a lot better since they're already dollarized with, you know, things like stable coins and, um, you know, easier payment methods and giving everybody, uh, you know, a hardware wallet, to all the unbanked, I know that's probably not as uh, you know it's even more utopic than than what they're offering. But uh, but you know what? Let me try to stay optimistic. This is this is truly a, a, a big day, right? Our our magical internet money is uh, is already legal tender in El Salvador. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to pave the way for everything else that's coming. Legitimizes what we're doing. Uh, but I still think that that it's going to be complicated, right? Um, I read the law. One of the things says that um, every merchant is going to have to ups, accept uh, Bitcoin. Uh, everybody was up in the air like, oh, this is like anti-libertarian because it forces. And then I was telling them, guys, this is Latin America. This will probably take years to, you know, they're going to say, okay, you have five years to uh be able to do it, then um, I don't know, I've seen that everywhere. It's like new technology comes in, everybody's uh, enforced to accept it. And then in, in practice, they can't do it, right? So they give you extensions, extensions. I don't think if I go to El Salvador next year, I'm going to be able to, uh, what the president said in the Twitter spaces, to buy an ice cream with Bitcoin. And then, even then, how would you do it, right? Uh, Using Lightning, I haven't seen anything interesting come out of Lightning. It's a complicated technology to use. So that's what I would say. I'm happy that it happened. It's it's going to be a trend. But I don't know if Bitcoin is going to be the right uh, way to do it.
0: So do you think um, that El Salvador will be a good uh, uh, experiment for other countries to look at? And and maybe they'll say, OK, crypto was the right decision, maybe, you know, it, it um, maybe it uh, made transactions easier, it it maybe improved access, uh, but the implementation of actually using Bitcoin um for purchases, uh for pricing items, for making you know small transactions uh like in like in person, uh where you need to you know wait for a, com- a confirmation which I don't know how long it takes, minutes, right? Like um
1: yeah, Bitcoin is usually ten minutes. 10 lightning minutes. network um, is probably less, but right. I admit I've never I've used it once a long time ago.
0: Okay, uh, so you know, using the Lightning network, which is you know very very cumbersome. So maybe um, other countries will look at this as a case study and 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 take it as. Um, a lesson learned to maybe say crypto was the right decision, but maybe not not Bitcoin. Maybe a stablecoin will be uh, more suitable as as legal tender for for an entire country to use than something as volatile as Bitcoin or or, or even ETH. Right?
1: Yeah, ETH is you know uh, it's volatile as well. And <laughs> uh, a country like El Salvador, where their their currency is already the U.S. dollar, I think is primed for Something like a, a like a stablecoin, for example. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it would be so good having countries, you know, have some of their balance in in a cryptocurrency, mm. and you know, a public one. Uh, give me, give me a Bitcoin, give me an Ethereum, uh, that I can go into a block explorer and see what they're doing you know, with the money and where they're spending it. We mm-hmm. uh, we often talk uh, about cryptos as, you know, yeah, we can pay, we can use, we can, and we forget that one of the main things is, you know, transparency, that we mm-hmm. have an open ledger that everybody can go in and look and, and see what happened. And who better to abide by an open ledger, you know, that a Latin American government, that would be, <laughs> that would be. That incredible. would be good
0: to see. We, yeah,
1: you know, we could keep them more accountable.
0: Definitely, um, and and that brings a, a good point of this really uh, forces El Salvador to become um, very responsible fiscally. Well, the the dollar already did that, but um, in, in general, introducing something like uh, a, a, a currency that's not managed by the the country's central bank. Mm-hmm. Just forces the, that country to become very responsible because they can't just print their way out of debt and like print their way out of like into like giving social programs because they don't control issuance. Uh, so it effectively effectively kind of takes that a power out of of local governments. Like they 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 can't have monetary policy anymore. Um, I wonder, you know, yeah. that takes that takes a lot of uh, courage, I guess, for a president <laughs> to just like say, OK, you know, we, we won't we won't be having any monetary policy. We won't try to af- affect the economy uh, with issuance or, or rates or, or anything like that. I wonder how, how that can even work. I mean, for, for maybe, I don't know, other countries.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, at least. Internally, the guy still has, uh, you know, the military and yeah. things like that. So he's gonna he's gonna keep order inside his country. I I want to see what happens, of course. yeah, but like you say, outside. But and, and I don't want to talk about things that I a hundred percent don't know about. But um, I mean, with El Salvador being uh, already dollarized. He kind of doesn't even have that for the past what almost twenty years, right? Since right. Uh, it was dollarized, it was two thousand three, somewhere around those. Um, I I don't know. It, it, it certainly will be uh, an interesting experiment. Uh, you know, in Argentina we had something similar, mm. but not quite. Uh, you know, in the nineties we uh, also dollarized the economy, but uh, we still had the Argentine peso, right? It was just pegged one-to-one to the U.S. dollar, like if uh, it were a stable coin. And of mm-hmm. course, uh, like uh, one of the... <laughs> uh, I was going to say a, a bad word, I'm not going to say it, but like a bad stable coin, it lost uh, the peso, lost its peg with the with the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it went from being 1-1 to being what maybe... the. Three to one, or then four to one, and now, of course, one hundred and sixty to
0: one.
1: Hmm. <laughs> um But while it lasted, yeah. But I don't know. They're they're different situations because because here we did have you know a second currency, and from what I understand in El Salvador, they don't anymore. That's why I I don't want to get too much in things that I don't understand. But like you say, I think it's interesting having. You know, legal tender in a currency that you cannot control. You cannot print uh, the problems away, right? (laughs) Uh, It it is exciting. Um, It it happened really fast also. You know, we're, what, today is June 9th when we're recording this. It's a Wednesday. The laser eyes was, what, on Monday or maybe over the
0: weekend? I think yeah, I think, I think Sunday. But it happened like over the course of a couple of days where El Salvador, like the president went to like going on Twitter, um, being all about Bitcoin, proposing mm-hmm. the bill and then passing the bill. It was like just a, few, a couple of days. It's, pretty, it's crazy. And
1: that also tells you from a couple of people from El Salvador that I talked to briefly that, you know, he is a little bit of a, a strong man. Uh, inside his country and you know he has I believe a super majority in congress and mm-hmm. some of that may have been you know the typical latin american uh you know strongman tactics of uh not quite dictatorship but I'm gonna I've- I'm I'm gonna do what I think is best for my country and I don't really care how I do it I'm gonna get it done mm.
0: That's a good point. I hadn't kind of thought of that. You're right, it was really quickly and it it does kind of highlight, you know, how much power this president um, has has to have uh, in in the country. Um, So together with El Salvador, um, a few other uh, Latin America politicians also came out uh, with different announcements. Um, There was, let's see, there there was in in mexico uh, a proposal to for a legal framework in in bitcoin in in your own argentina uh, a, a congressman uh, just like you know flashed laser eyes on twitter um, um paraguay panama brazil colombia like each one had like some sort of a bitcoin or crypto related announcement um it's like, yeah, it looks like El Salvador like really started this wave of like Latin America adopting crypto or wanting to, or like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts there? Like how how real is, is, this, is this new wave? Like, do you see um, other countries following suit or is it just for publicity? Like, what do you make of this?
1: I think it's mostly for publicity. Uh, the few that I've seen, I, you know, went to a couple of their websites. I I look at their Twitter. I I saw you know what their political affiliations were, and then I'm um, not hopeful. I think for most of them, it's just going to be you know, hey, I'm I'm jumping on the the Bitcoin bandwagon, the laser eyes, and here, look at me. And then I think mostly it's gonna fade out. Um, but <clears throat> the good thing is that when you say uh, if Latin America is gonna adopt crypto more, uh, you know, we have, and you know them, a lot of these stories, uh, Latin America has already adopted uh, a lot of crypto in, in ways that you know are meaningful and in a lot of ways, that respect the 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 cypherpunk ethos that uh, Satoshi believed in, right? Uh, to me, yeah, sure, everything, these are all great news, and oh yeah, congressmen from Argentina put laser eyes, but that to me does, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, it, it, it does absolutely nothing, does absolutely nothing for me. Um, on the other hand, the news, and. Uh, a, a tweet that we saw the other day of somebody renovating their house because they sold the uni airdrop. That to me means everything. And that to me means crypto adoption uh, in Latin America and elsewhere. Uh, I saw uh, students in India who were able to pay for university uh, out of the, the the uni airdrop, the pool airdrop, the, you know, uh,
0: the there's coin. so many now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. the Gitcoin, now, that is incredible. That Gitcoin, mm-hmm. that, uh, I'm a friend of Kevin's, but and, and I donate every round. But let me tell you, that's going to be a huge, huge business. Um, I never tell anybody what to do with their money, but I did tell a couple of friends, like, you know, keep this one. Like, please, if you can, like, keep it, because... <laughs> Uh, it's going to be huge. Mm. Those are the things to me that that signal real adoption. Mm. Um, everything else, sure, it's nice. I don't think it's going to happen in Argentina. In fact, like I told you at the beginning, this is a country that puts restrictions on commerce. It puts restrictions on free trade. It limits what their citizens can do. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are the exact opposite, right? They're they're freeing. They're meant to give you more choices, uh, to be transparent, to let you transact with anybody, uh, to let you save in in whatever you want. And it's not compatible, at least, with the current government in Argentina, right? Mm -hmm. And in a few other countries, in Latin America as well. it's like i see somebody putting laser eyes and then you know voting for all this restrictive economic laws in my country it's like it's not compatible and mm-hmm. i don't believe that you're doing this for anything other than than publicity because i've i've seen your voting record right mm-hmm. and then i just for this podcast i try to research a little bit right but um I looked into blockchain in Argentina, you know, at the at the federal level, uh, you know, grants, things like that. I found a couple of websites, one from the, the city of Buenos Aires, one something called the Blockchain Federal uh, Argentina. And you know, I first off I couldn't understand exactly what it was. And then I discovered it's just like a, a fork of geth. Uh, okay. it's kind of like a private. Binance, but run by somebody from the government or maybe a a third party. And that is all that I discovered. And then I said, I cannot take this seriously in a country where you have, you know, Open Zeppelin was founded here. Uh, You know, RSK, I don't do much Bitcoin, but RSK was founded here. Uh, It is big. Uh, You know, we have
0: Decentraland.
1: We have and you know, so much uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and DeFi community here in Argentina. And then I go to these websites and I don't see anything like that. I don't see anybody who's talked to even one community member here, uh, you know, a founder of one of these companies. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, crypto and government I don't know. At least in Latin America, at least in Argentina, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna happen.
0: The so adoption I mean, is there, yeah, I'm
1: going growing every day. But yeah.
0: so it looks like, and, and I totally agree that um, crypto adoption is going to uh, happen from uh, the ground up. Like it's going to come from the people, uh, from the communities there. It's it's going to be a grassroots movement. It's not going to come come from the top down from the governments telling, kind of allowing people to to use this technology that's supposed to be permissionless anyway. Like we don't need Latin America governments to allow Latin Americans to use crypto and DeFi. Like they can do that without their permission. I mean, that's kind of the very point of this, right? (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. And That is what makes this technology powerful. And and that's also what, uh, at least to some countries and some governments, they find scary. So, mm. of course, uh, they're going to regulate it uh, as much as possible. And then we'll see. Uh, I think what happened in El Salvador was uh, unique because of the country, uh, the current economic situation, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Like the stars aligned uh I don't know if we're going to see things as quickly in other countries. I might be wrong. And even then in El Salvador, it's very different passing a law and then, you know, having Implementing. to get millions of, yeah, mm. millions of commerces uh, connected and having everybody use their own. Well, one thing I did, like uh, they asked the president and uh, he said, Any, Anybody could use their own wallet. I thought that was good. Then other things were a little bit murkier or I didn't quite understand. He said there was going to be 150 million um, yeah, treasury in USD and that was going to be used to buy uh, BTC from merchants who didn't want to take on the price risk. And you know, mm. I would buy in Bitcoin and it would automatically... Uh, be converted to US dollars and they would have a fund to do that. But then he didn't mention what they were going to do with the fund, if they were, we're going to keep the portion in, in Bitcoin or not. And, I don't know. We're already making futurology about something that happened
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> last <laughs> night. But
1: it's interesting. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be good to follow.
0: Definitely. No, I, I agree that this was, um, you know, All of the specifics around El Salvador made this um, easier. You know, the fact that it already wasn't using its own local currency, that it didn't have its own monetary policy, that it was uh, using the the dollar. So between using kind of uh, a currency that's, being governed by the united states and using a currency that's you know governed by a, a network of nodes um uh, it's it, it's a leap but it's not it's not that far fetched as you know having a country with its own currency do that so maybe the, this was kind of the the transition from from having that happen someday uh, maybe but like you said in the end you know meaningful adoption will come from from the people themselves not not from governments I, I completely agree especially in, in latin america uh, which tends to be um, and it's getting more and more centralized um and authoritarian unfortunately um for for the last uh, few few minutes i, I want to talk about the um, the current market in in defi uh you're very tuned in obviously so i'm i'm really curious about your thoughts um there was a huge rally uh, in for, for most of the year, and now we're seeing a huge uh, correction, especially in DeFi tokens. Uh, ETH has held up um, a bit better. Um, do you think uh, are, are we going into into a, a bear market? What does that bear market look like um, compared to uh, 2017? Uh, do you think you know this is kind of like a, 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 a just a a small correction between before, like things start to recover again. Like, wh- what are your thoughts on the the current market uh, cycle?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I honestly don't know. Um, <clears throat> I I am not a trader. I, I I can never time the market. That's why I usually just just hold and uh, not worry about things. Uh, I, I was, <laughs> I thought that this correction wasn't going to be as bad, uh, as it ended up being, uh, even I that know nothing, I looked at the, at the ETH chart and saw it go parabolic and said, this is, this is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. This is like way too much hype. Uh, but even then I, 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 almost didn't I I didn't sell much uh there because like I said I can never time it and uh to me my horizon is years and Hmm. what we're what we're building uh with decentralized finance I honestly think it's like a revolution akin to the internet this is you know all the buzzwords you want to think of the internet of money um and you know the price uh, if we zoom out uh, enough, I don't think it's going to matter. I think you know we're building trillion, tens of trillion dollar industries. So yeah, it may take a while to, uh, you know, the world to realize what we're doing to maybe escape a little bit this this hype of everything, uh, you know, rallying insanely and then just crashing. Uh, so. Maybe we're uh, entering a bear market. Maybe we're just uh, correcting. I I don't know. I, I I honestly don't look too much at at prices. I uh, I do a little bit more now that I technically don't have a job. Back when I did have a job, I uh, I seriously I I didn't know what the price of ether was every day. Mm. It was just. Uh, Coding, coding, and I hope that uh, a lot of people are doing that. Mm. You know, working on on the next big thing instead of worrying too much about price. Uh, I know people that are like leveraged and things like that, so they do have to look at price. Uh, me, I'm not, so I so I don't have to. I don't have to worry about those kind of things. So I don't know. Uh, unsatisfying answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's perfect. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the the healthy way of of, of looking at, at this. You know, if, if you believe in this, you're in it for the long term. You don't look at prices every day. Um, you know that uh, DeFi is the future of finance, Internet of Money, etc. Um, and it's just like a revolution that it takes a long time to build. Um, and we're so early that. Uh, very few people have caught on to to what people to, you know to what DeFi even is uh, at the moment. So, um, yeah.
1: you know, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Really quick, I I think I mentioned this somewhere before, but uh, I used to read Scientific American. My dad was subscribed, and my favorite um, my favorite part of Scientific American is a section called 50, hundred, and hundred and fifty years ago." because mm-hmm. the magazine is over 150 years old. And uh, in every um, in every magazine, you will see that they have that. They have sections where they show what they were talking about in Scientific American, 50, 100, and oh, 150 wow. years ago. And it is eye-opening. Uh, you will get things like quotes from the Wrights Brothers about their prototypes uh, failing and people not believing in it
0: oh my god you
1: you get news of uh, you know writings of uh, the discovery of DNA things like that and to put it into perspective that section we're not gonna see anything about blockchain there for 40 years right and we're not gonna see anything about DeFi for 50 years. So that's how early we are. It's, we are, when we say we're early, we say it, right? But with with that analogy, I hope that you really believe that we're in the incredibly, incredibly, incredibly early. And so, you know, I try not to worry on the short term, of course, yeah. I loved it when ETH was at 4K and it was green numbers all around, and everybody was happy. And the memes on Twitter, I prefer those to the to the bear market memes. But,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I my time horizon, like I said here, uh, for DeFi is is decades.
0: Yeah. Agree. Um, Okay. And then to to wrap up, um, what, what gets you excited, you know, Uh, and and this is like more for, for the short term, like things that are getting built right now, like for, for this year, like what are kind of some of the, the, the most exciting or interesting trends or projects uh, that you're seeing? Uh,
1: So I got into the NFT hype train a little bit later than, than most. And I have to say, I'm absolutely enthralled with it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting deeper and deeper every day. So um, I'm very interested in things like that. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of PleaserDAO. Uh, we have four of the of the biggest NFTs around, and something that excites me is, uh, is you know fraction uh, fractionalizing NFTs, community ownership, uh, of course. DAOs, decentralized uh, organizations the way people can come together over a weekend you know on on telegram and uh with a few open source tools on top of ethereum they can have uh, a dao with a treasury and um you know start coordinating towards a goal you know the fact that a dao is pretty much uh, like a like a Company with a bank account, just you know, on the blockchain, and uh, that excites me way too much. You know, uh, human coordination on top of you know uh, the machine coordination and, and consensus that that a blockchain gives you. Uh, that to me is some of the most uh, uh, exciting topics I can I can think of, and of course everything around DeFi. DeFi is um you know for for those who have been around as long as, as uh you know we have we think of defi as our, our baby right we we saw it, uh being born and now taking its first steps and uh, everything that happens there just excites me
0: yeah um no it's been awesome to see it grow so fast in in, in so little time like it's just been what like 2 years three years tops and it's already yeah. like a full fully fledged financial ecosystem. It's, it's incredible. Um, and so, so, so tying back to DAOs and what we were talking before about, um, Latin America, I think maybe that's an interesting link, uh, to, to finish things off. Like DAOs will be, uh, a, a, an amazing vehicle to empower, uh, communities in, in, in Latin America to, to organize, um, and you know, deploy capital in in countries where this isn't so easy, or, or it or it isn't um, you know allowed, where you know people aren't allowed to do whatever they want with with their money. Now, DAOs offer an alternative to this.
1: That is true. That is true. And yeah, uh, of course, they could be used. And that is that is to me always uh, is going to be the first use case. Like. Mm-hmm you know doing the opposite of uh of, of what the government wants you to do uh, mm-hmm. especially you know to to protect oneself from bad economic policies and i will i will always be a, a champion of that and and on the side of that.
0: Awesome, um, Mariano. This was so interesting. Uh, really, really great kind of dive into what just happened in in, in Latin America. Uh, I was really kind of looking forward to um, just like hearing your your thoughts about all this because I'm trying to make make out what this means myself. Uh, but yeah, such an interesting development, and we'll we'll be keeping uh, keeping track of, of on how it uh, you know how it moves forward. Uh, but. Great, uh, great talking as always. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Kami. Have a great day.
0: And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Ave. Ave is a decentralized open source and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave Protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the Sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Enzyme provides an easy way to build, scale and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Enzyme is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Enzyme interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.Finance. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new BAL for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of BAL tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week, and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. Kyber's Dynamic Market Maker, or DMM, is the first decentralized exchange designed to react to market conditions, to optimize fees, maximize returns, and provide extremely high capital efficiency for liquidity providers. It aims to be a game changer for DeFi. Depositing tokens to earn fees is also fast and simple with this liquidity easily accessible by dApps, aggregators, or other users. Visit dmm.exchange now. Interested in DAOs? Wondering how to DAO? Colony aims to be the biggest, baddest DAO framework out there, and it's easy. Spin up a DAO in three minutes for half a penny, issue a token, raise money, govern your treasury, and so much more. Zero coding required. Already got a token? Great. Colony will give it superpowers in seconds. Dolls are all about voting, right? Wrong. Colony's about getting things done. And voting on every little thing ain't that. So in Colony, votes are only necessary if there's a disagreement. Head to colony.io and follow at joincolony on Twitter to learn more. Want to Doll right now? Hit up clny.io slash bounty to join their bounty program and earn their forthcoming token, CLNY. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.